Open your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 4. The name of the message today is The Sin of Presumption. The Sin of Presumption. Now each day that we have as believers upon this earth, we desire to spend time with our church family, with our loved ones, with our friends, and each of those are a blessing to us. They're a blessing to us. Because you know why? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. As each day dawns for the believer, have you ever thought of this too? Each day that dawns, when you wake up in the morning, each day that dawns, you're a day closer to being with the Lord. You're, you're 24 hours closer in our time, because God doesn't exist in time. He's outside of time and space. But for us, we're 24 hours closer to the, our appointment to be with the Lord. To seeing the Lord face to face. To see him in his glory. To see him as he is. And he has appointed a day that we will see him face to face. He's appointed that day. He's appointed that time. And each passing 24 hours draws us closer to that time. Draws us closer to that appointed time. The great appointment, which saved or lost, will never miss. I told you I don't like going to the doctors, and sometimes I miss appointments for the doctors. This is an appointment that no one will miss whether you're saved or lost. God has appointed a time for each of us to breathe our last breath. So with that in mind, let's read verses 13 to 17 in James chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 13 and 14 today. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Tomorrow, or today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy, and sell, and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanishes away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we he see here that James, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is bringing forth before us the sin of presumption. The sin of presumption in verse 13. And we see it's a great sin. All sin is sin, isn't it? In God's eyes, all sin is sin. It all is. And the greatest thing we face in this world is the uncertainty of tomorrow. The uncertainty of tomorrow. As our day to leave this earth is already written in God's book. This is why we say as preachers, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to flee to Christ. You don't know if you have tomorrow. Flee to him today. You might breathe your last breath tonight. 
You, you just never know. None of us know. But we promise ourselves a long time in this world and the accomplishments of our carnal projects without any sense or thought of our own frailty or the sudden strokes of God. See the words there, go to now? It's like saying, come on now. In our, in our, our language. Come on now. In today's language. In other words, think about what you're saying. Think about what he's saying to this person. Think about what you're saying to today or tomorrow. Or we'll go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. So James is saying, think about what you're saying. Come on now. Think about what you're saying. It's presumption. It's presumption. I ask you, would we say these things in God's presence? Well, no, we'd say, Lord, if you will, I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And note in the words in verse 13, you say, well, what do we say? Well, we say we're going to spend today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such a city and do this or do that. And Carnal men and women are always thinking about how to spend their days and their months. As the fool who thinks to enlarge his barns in Luke chapter 12. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Here we see an example of someone being presumptuous. Presumptuous is taking liberties you don't have. See, we don't have liberty to the day we die. That's in God's hands. That's not in our hands. That's in God's hands. Look at this man here in Luke chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 16 to 21. Charlie, this is like that guy you told me. $30 million and he's still not happy, right? Wants more. Look at this. This is, this is amazing here. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man bought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Notice he's thinking within himself. What shall I do? Because I have no more room to where to bestow my fruits. I got so much. I got so much. I don't have places to store it. My barns are overflowing. And he said, this will I do. I'm going to do this. I'll pull down my barns, and I'm going to build a greater barn. I'm going to build a barn like no one's ever seen. This barn is going to be so big, it's going to hold all the stuff that my barns, all my barns have in one barn. I'm going to do this. And build a greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. So he can build this gigantic barn. And he's going to put everything he has in it. And you know what he's going to say too. Look at my barn. It's full of my stuff. Right? Because that's what worldly men do, right? Well, look at this. And I'll say to my soul, Oh, thou hast much good laid up. You got, you got lots of time. 
You ever, you ever heard people say that? I got lots of time. I'll, I'll think about what you're saying about God and Christ another time. I, just, I got lots of time. I got lots of time. I'll just, I'll just live my life. And when I get older, maybe I'll think about it. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. That's what this guy's basically saying. And I say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Oh, I'm good. I'm good for I'm good for 20 years. Now my retirement's all taken care of. You got more than enough, right? Oh, that was much good laid out for many years. Take thine ease. I'll just take it easy. Just rest and enjoy the stuff that you have. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, look at this. This is why we preach today is the day. Today is the day to flee to Christ. Don't wait till tomorrow. You might not have tomorrow. God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You see, we believers, we are rich in Christ. We have all spiritual blessings. You're richer than that man you were telling me about, Charlie, in Christ. You have all spiritual blessings in Christ. Each believer has that. We're richer. You think Bill Gates, right? Everybody says, Bill Gates got a lot of money. We are richer spiritually than Bill Gates. The poorest saint is richer than Bill Gates in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And think of this. God said, tonight I'm going to require your soul. Think of what shall profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. He didn't get to spend any of it, did he? And if he's not saved, which it doesn't appear like he was, he'd go right to hell into eternal torment and somebody else is now enjoying all the fruits of his hands. All that stuff that he said, oh, I got years. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with that later. Well, tomorrow never came, did it? Tomorrow never came. Thou fool, this night thy souls will be required of thee. That's God. That's the sovereign God of the universe. So this man's thoughts were not taken up by eternal things, but by the things of this world. He had no concern for his soul. Like so many in this world. No concern for their soul. People drive by here every Sunday. Here we are rejoicing. And think of this. Be, be, be overjoyed that God has given you an interest to be here. Rejoice. He's given you a desire. He's saved your soul. He's given you a desire to be here and to hear the wonderful things about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given you an understanding of those things. By revelation of the Holy Spirit of God. Born again by His Spirit. 
when so many just drive by and have no care for their soul? Who made you to differ? Who made me to differ? Only God. Praise His mighty name. Praise His mighty name. Turn, if you would, to Second Peter chapter 2. And we will see that such men as we saw in Luke there are described in this text as brute beasts. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. And their practices are covetous. Second Peter 2, verses 12 to 17. But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the, day there, in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covenant practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Boshar, and love the wages of unrighteousness. <coughs> Excuse me. But he was rebuked, or but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. So think a natural man in contrast to the born-again, blood-washed saint of God. One has been regenerated by the power of God, and one is left in their sins. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 116. Now we're going to see the contrast between God's distinguishing grace. So we saw there quite the description, right, of natural man. And remember, we were there. We were there. Now look at this contrast. Look at this, look at this contrast. Look, look, look at what the Holy Spirit does in his regenerating power. And look at the difference between this man and the ones we just looked at described as brute beasts. And all of us, we know we're sinners. We're still sinners. We struggle every single day, don't we? We struggle so much with our own sin every day. But we know we're saved. We know we're saved by grace. We know we're saved by Christ and him alone. And what does that cause us to do? That causes us to rejoice when we never used to rejoice. Look at this in Psalm. Psalm chapter 116. And here's the contrast between God's distinguishing grace. Nothing in ourselves can bring this to pass. Nothing in ourselves can bring this to pass. Can, nothing in ourselves can bring this great contrast to pass. From the brute beasts that we saw there in Second Peter to what we're going to see now. Nothing in us can bring that to pass. Absolutely nothing. It's a work of our great God and him alone. A gracious heart desires the things of God. We desire to be more thankful to our great God for saving our eternal souls. Look at this. Psalm 116, verses 
12 to 19. This is wonderful. What shall I render unto the Lord? Unto Jehovah. For all his benefits towards me. Oh, think of all the benefits of God towards us. Salvation in Christ alone. Justification in and through Christ alone. Peace with God. Right? A, a knowledge of eternal life. When we breathe our last breath to be in the presence of our great king. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of Jehovah. So the lips that one time were brute beasts are now calling upon Jehovah, praising his name. I will pay my vows unto Jehovah now in the presence of his people. We desire to be with God's people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And that precious there means valuable. God's people are valuable in his sight. Valuable in his sight. Like a great diamond, that means in the text. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant in the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. We're free. We're free in Christ. We're free. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now we desire to praise God, don't we? We desire to give him the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And will call upon the name of Jehovah, the Lord. I will pay my vows unto Jehovah now in the presence of his people. I'll gather together with his people now. I'll desire to hear the gospel preached. And I'll, I'll give him all the glory in the presence of his people. I'm a sinner. I'm a saved sinner, saved by the grace of God. Oh, I once was lost, but God's made me to differ. And now I'm saved, and now I'm going to rejoice. Now I'm going to praise his name in the midst of his people. In the courts of Jehovah's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord, or praise Jehovah. That means hallelujah to Jehovah. Hallelujah to Jehovah. Nothing wrong with us saying hallelujah. He's so great. He's so wondrous. Oh my, let's go back to James chapter 4 now that we've seen the contrast there. The contrast between the believer and the unbeliever. Look at this. James chapter 4, verse 13. We'll go back there. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. We see here in the words, Today or tomorrow we will go into the, such a city, and continue a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Now, note the words there, continue a year. Beloved, we do not know if we will live out this day or be here tomorrow. There's a story. I remember hearing that Ralph Bernard went home after he had preached. Last time he preached, he went home after he preached and he passed away. It was either that evening or that afternoon in his house. But he didn't know it was going to be the last time he was going to preach. He probably was already thinking about the next message. what we preachers do on Sunday. We go home after and in between we start thinking about what's, what we're going to preach next. <laughs> but he didn't know it was his day of departure. He didn't know it was his hour of departure. And so we see here then a heart that's secure in itself and is utterly insensible to God's providence. This is so true of natural man and it's a warning for us too not to get caught up in that. Not for we, we ought not to get caught up in that. Because we don't know when our departure is. Men and women by nature are covetous. We're covetous by nature. 
Scripture declares this, Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. So natural man looks for his own gain, his own quarter. Come ye, say, say they, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. They're just brag about tomorrow. But what they have, little do they know the Lord may require their soul that night. Covetousness causes men to neglect their soul. Causes men to neglect their soul and feel at ease in their prosperity. But they will not escape death. And they will not escape the second death if they're unsaved. Oh my. They're held by their own greed. They're held by their own covetousness. And prosperity destroys a fool and endangers a wise man. Well, how do we know that? Well, listen to the scriptures in Proverbs chapter 30. It says, Remove far from me vanity and and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Just let me be content, Lord, with what I have. Feed me with food convenient for me. Just give me what I need. My daily bread. Lest I be full and deny thee. Lest I have, have more than I need and I deny you. And say, who is Jehovah? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. The Apostle James here is not condemning buying and selling. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. Not at all. Of merchandise. Or the lawful practice of going about one's business. He's not condemning that at all. He's he's rebuking those who resolve upon these things without consulting the will of God. Say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. He's saying, if you're a believer, you should say, well, Lord willing, I'm going to do that. Lord willing, I'm going to do this. See, we're, we're presumptuous by nature, aren't we? We really are. We say we're going to go here or there and we're going to do this or that. If these things are in our power, and he's speaking here of people who have no dependence on the providence and blessings of God. Now let's read verse 14 of this chapter. Whereas you know not that what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanishes away. James chapter 4 verse 14. Again, I'll read it. Whereas you know not. What shall be on the mall? We don't have any idea what's going to happen to mall. Only God knows. Only God knows. We read about what's happened today or yesterday. Well, not in the newspaper anymore, but on the internet site. On a news site. We read about what what occurred. We have, we have no promise of tomorrow, beloved. And we ought not to boast of tomorrow. We ought not to boast of a long time. And one of Joshua's friends a few years ago, he was 18 years old and just died. Died of a heart attack. Just like that. Gone. In the prime of his life. 
just gone. You hear about car accidents and this person died at a young age. Gone. Did they think they were going to die? Probably not. They probably think they're going to have a long life. Gone. We don't know if we have tomorrow. We ought to, we ought to live just in today. And like, like that article I put in the bulletin last week, we ought to fence off. We ought to fence off today to tomorrow. Just live today. Now, does that mean some people will say, well, is it sinful then to provide for tomorrow? No, that's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. Proverbs says this, Go go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise. What does the ant do? Which, having no guide or overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the in the harvest. He's not saying he's not saying, well, you know, don't have some food in your house. That's not what he's saying. Not at all. Vicky and I love to keep a pantry, probably two three months worth of stuff in there. That's just us. We love to do that. You know why? Because it cuts down on our grocery bill when we go to the grocery store. <laughs> But if we don't have tomorrow, somebody else will get it. We're fine with that. We're fine with that. Also, it says in Proverbs 30, verse 20, the ants are a people, not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. They gather all summer long, and then they hibernate. My, oh, my. So it's not, it's not talking about that. It's wise foresight to lay up what we will need but we have to be cautious that we must not be doing it because of mistrust. Mistrust for the Lord's providence. Right? We still have to trust in the Lord's providence. It must not hinder us from daily trusting in the Lord, from daily resting in the Lord. See, that's what's being bought for there. Don't be presumptuous about tomorrow, having tomorrow, or a year from now, and daily trust the Lord. Daily live in reliance upon our King. Daily. Which is what we as believers do, isn't it? We, we trust in his, his provision. We trust in His taking care of us. We trust in His providence. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26. We'll see here, The master's words. Our master's words. Who's our master? The Lord Jesus Christ. So here's our master speaking. And look at these wonderful words. I love these words. I just just love this. Look at this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 26. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? In the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the earth. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Wow, how, many, how many birds in this world, right? I love sitting on my porch watching birds. Oh, they're just fascinating. Beautiful singing. They sing and they praise the Lord in their songs. Look at Behold the fowls of the earth. They, they sow not, neither do they. They don't, they don't have a job. They, they don't sow or reap. They don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. 
Are ye not much better than they? Oh, we are. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his people, right? His saints. Valuable. We're way more valuable than those birds that he feeds and takes care of every single day. He's loved us with an everlasting love. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die in our ruined place at Calvary's cross to redeem our eternal souls. And since we cannot foresee what shall befall us tomorrow, it is therefore then presumptuous in the form of actually a form of haughtiness for us to determine a course in which we as believers will go without thinking of the will of God. We should always think about the will of God in whom we live and we do. We live in him, we move, and we have our being, the scripture says. And you know what presumption is defined as? Overstepping due bounds. Or taking liberties where we do not have. You ever hear somebody say, I, I, I used to know a man, he used to always tell me, well, I took the liberty to do this, or I took the liberty to do that. And every time he told me that, I thought, oh man, here we go. All right, here we go. We are not to take the liberty about tomorrow. We might not have tomorrow. And that's what presumption is, is taking the liberty of, oh, well, I'm going to, I'll be here for years. We don't know. We don't know. The Holy Spirit has James pens these next words to show how vain it is for us to be presumptuous. Look at verse 14, again, of James chapter 4. It says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. That's like in the wintertime when we breathe out, that little vapor that comes and then it's gone. To say this life is brief hasn't, hasn't said the half of it. As the scripture gives us many comparisons, the flower of the field. Flowers grow up, right? And then they're gone by fall. They grow up in the spring, and then they're gone in the fall. Brother Neil Wagner has some flowers on his property that we get to go see each, each year. They're only, they only bloom for, for five to seven days a, a year. And then they're gone. They're beautiful flowers. But they only bloom for five to seven days each year. I often think of that when I think of how quick our life is. My, oh, my. Scripture says this. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all the good, goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. Because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. He's the eternal one. He never changes. Our life is also described like the wind, which can spring up and then disappear, right? Especially here in Michigan. I, I love the fact that we have those, those winds that come off the lakes because the air quality here is wonderful. And we can get a wind come up, especially in the winter, we get those snow squalls. Just wind blowing, you can't even see nothing. And then they're gone. Right? They're gone. That's what our life is like. Uh, gone, right? <laughs> it's true. Oh my. 
Job 7, 7 says, Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. And then Job 14, 1 and 2, it says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He, he cometh like forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. We're here for a while and then we're gone. Think of our shadow. Our shadow can appear on sunny days, right? And then a cloud will cover the sun and our shadow's gone. Right? Same thing with our lives. Same thing with our lives. So we must live every day like it's our last day. Just trust the Lord. Rest in Him. Rest in Him. Praise Him. Thank Him for the goodness that He's that he's showing us. Thank him for saving our souls. Thank him for, for saving us from all our sins. We don't know if we have tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow, don't we? We know who holds tomorrow. We know who's in control of tomorrow. We might not have it, but, but we're going to trust the one who has it all in his hands. Oh, yes, we will. We trust our sovereign God. And, and we know the shortness of our life and the frailty of who we are. And we just flee to Christ, don't we? When we hear messages like this, it just makes us flee to Christ even more, doesn't it? Studying this, I just like, oh Lord, I, I can't wait to preach this because I just, I, it just makes me want to flee to you even more. It makes me want to just cling to you even more, Lord. Because I don't know if I have tomorrow, but I know I have you by your grace and mercy. Because you made me to differ. You saved my soul. Praise your mighty name. Praise your mighty name.